Welcome to Theosophia, a podcast for women's voices in theology. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and today I'm launching a new episode format. Once a month, I'll be featuring myself and another woman in theology talking about a current social issue. We will provide theological reflection on something that's going on in the world. So today's episode, my good friend and I, uh, Reverend Chantel Hinton, discuss LeBron James's new I Promise School and its theological implications on the world and society. I'm calling this one What's Going On with Sarah and Chantel. So these episodes won't have outros. So as always, please rate and review Theosophia on iTunes and check out our Patreon page to help support this awesome women's empowerment podcast. And be sure to stay on top of all of our new episodes and news on our social media platforms. And while you're at it, let me know what y'all think about the new episode format and what types of social issues you might want to hear about from Women's Voices in Theology. I hope y'all enjoyed this one. Have a great week. Peace. All right. Well, I am Reverend Chantel Hinton. I am um, an old classmate of Sarah's. We went to div school together and kind of bit our teeth together at at figuring out how to do theology and what it looks like to be doing ministry and pastoral care together. And I now work as a university chaplain on Vanderbilt's campus. And we um, have been talking a little bit about LeBron's I Promise School, which is like the dopest thing since I spread. And just really quickly, some of the the things that LeBron is offering through his school is free tuition for students, free uniforms, a free bicycle and helmet. And he's doing that because riding his bike was like a really, um, it was like a really fun thing for him to do when he was younger. And it helped him get to and from. Um, Free transportation within two miles. There's free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, as well as a food pantry for the families, not just the students, which is so amazing. He's also offering GEDs and job placement services for the families. And for all of the students who matriculate through I Promise, there is a guaranteed tuition to the University of Akron for every student who graduates, which is like, that is so sweet. Amazing. Yeah. So those are like that. Those are the the bullet point items. There's so many more like smaller things or maybe less tangible things that this school is offering that. I'm super proud of LeBron for doing. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to say what we were talking about earlier, just to set this up some more, like I'm going to call this the what's going on segment with Sarah and Chantel. And we're going to do a little, I guess, theological social commentary on positive things that are happening in the world. Um, Because we hear a lot of negativity and certainly it fills up our news feeds and Twitter and I'm not, I'm not trying to do that on this podcast. I'm trying to promote positive things. And I know LeBron's not, you know, a woman in theology, but we're two women in theology talking about what's going on in the world of something that's super positive. And for me, and I, I'm sure you probably will echo this, like where we see like people doing God's work on the world, in the world. And so that's kind of what I wanted this segment to be about is us just kind of, you know, talking about it, putting out a different, different 
viewpoints about how to look at things and promote again, positive things that are happening in the world to make, just to give light to the good things. So people get some hope, some positivity in their day instead of being all, you know, bogged down by all the crappy stuff. Anyways. So initial thoughts on the school. I am in love, like with the whole concept, the idea, um, everything about the school. I think he has done this in such a way that is so important um, to the future of what education could look like. Um, he, in, on his website, it talks about how he had done research. You know, this has been in the works since 2011. Um, he done research that looked at the ways that, um, young people, kids were being funneled into the, um, prison to pipeline system, right? You know, by the age of eight or, um, third or fourth grade based off testing and other behavioral, um, things that they keep up with at schools, they are building more prisons based off of things that they see from an eight-year-old. That's terrifying. That's like so freaking scary. So he from then knew that he wanted to intervene at this most crucial age of a young person's life to, you know, circumnavigate that prison to prison, um, school to prison pipeline. And speaking for myself as someone who at the age of eight um, had a teacher who was very, very, I was the only black student in her class. Uh She was, I don't think that she was very um, equipped to deal with students of color, particularly me. And she completely damaged my sense of self in that one year of being in her class. Mm. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt as an eight-year-old that it was for no other reason than because I was black. Yeah, and I I was not impoverished, but maybe I was a little bit disenfranchised because at the time my mom was a single mom and she was doing the best that she could. And so I definitely felt like an outcast that year. And had it not been for um, people intervening in my life, my mom, who was very pro-education, very educated herself, I probably could have spiraled and gone into um, the system in a way that is not helpful for black and, black and brown folks. So, like, to see what LeBron is doing to, to, to work against that narrative is it's just freaking awesome. Yes. Yes. I, I'm with you. I think right when I saw it, I was like, how cool is this? Like, I know LeBron is an exception, right? Like a, a Beyonce or a Jay-Z of, of examples of Black folk coming out of, you know, the history of Black folk in this country and you know, people like to use them as examples of pulling yourself up from your bootstraps and that kind of false ideology of the American dream. Like they, he is an exception. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had friends bring up the point, well, how do you feel that, you know, someone that didn't even have an high school, you know, hardly a high school education and went straight to the pros is doing this. I'm like, I think LeBron knows he's, he's the exception Mm -hmm. and he's just using his his wealth and the gifts and talents he's received from God that our, our community and our country values super athletic people. And we give them lots of money, especially men Mm -hmm. um, to perform and entertain us. And that's something we, we care about a lot. So he makes a great living. And, but I think LeBron knows that the future of the majority of young kids of color 
mm-hmm. is education. Mm-hmm. And, and how are they going to get that if like this, you know, they always say, you know, we've learned in school that poverty is a cycle. And how do we break this cycle? Mm-hmm. And do we start with the mindset of the, the you know, school to pipeline uh, prison situation, which is horrifying to me. But like you said, we're building new prisons based on this data. Well, what if we use this data to do what LeBron's doing and start a school to help like disrupt that? Um, yeah. How helpful is that? And I think what else I really like about it is like it functions as like a community center with mm-hmm. the school in it. So yeah. it's not just helping the kids, but it's helping the families. Yes. Like you said, they're helping with career development, GED stuff, and mm-hmm. job placement for the parents. There's a food bank to help the parents. I'm not, you know, I don't think it's going to solve all, you know, poor people's problems, but it's certainly a great resource and a great start for folks to give folks a chance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like with anything else, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Um, but I just, it's so positive to me. I don't understand if anyone had any beef with it, I guess. I don't know. Have you heard any negativity about it? Um, unfortunately I have, um, from, um, the person who is, um, currently occupying the highest office in the land, um, has called LeBron, um, you know, the dumbest person alive, basically the dumbest man alive or something like that. Or, or no, no, he, he was comparing, comparing him to Don Lemon or whoever he was comparing him to. But either way, I've heard from him and others that, you know, that LeBron is unintelligent, you know, that he should stick to playing basketball. But if, if you look at this school, I think it's the perfect example of, um, intelligence, intuitiveness, ingenuity that does not fit the norms or narratives um, of, you know, the westernized versions of what intelligence is, right? If you look at what LeBron has done, he subverted everything about that exceptionalist narrative that has been placed upon him. Yes, he is exceptional in that he not not a lot of people make it out of the hood, make it out of, you know, their circumstance to be able to play um, college ball, I mean, not college ball, NBA, Uh and make all this money. But he's saying, um, yeah, I might have been the only one to do this, but I'm about to take all this money y'all are paying me me to just be an entertainer, and I'm I'm about to feed the village with it. And that, to me, is like not only divine um, justice, it's more than charity. It's a big old forget all y'all who said that I'm unintelligent. And I think that it's amazing. What else I think is extremely, extremely um, ingenious about this is that it is a community resource. It's not just about the children. It is intergenerational. Which, If you look at some of the more, uh, the, the, the more, I don't want to say tribal cultures, but cultures that are not as westernized as what we are used to. Uh-huh. Everything is centered around family and village and tribe in a way that it's not just about the, the, ones, the child's education. It is about the family. It's about breaking that generational curse or whatever you want to call it, generational cycles of poverty. And that is brilliant. So I don't, I don't care what anybody has to say. I believe that LeBron is brilliant. And it kind of too like disrupts this highly individualistic 
mindset we have in our country of, again, I'll say it, picking yourself up from your bootstraps um, and saying, no, that's not real. Like Mm -hmm. it takes communities. It takes resources and access to resources. Um, The simplest of things that I take for granted, like, you know, having my own car to drive around to having money in my bank account to like do basic things that keep me within the law, like being able to go get a driver's license, um, you know, buy food, you know, fresh vegetables at the grocery store. That's literally, you know, a half a mile from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of these areas that are in a lot of poverty don't even have supermarkets even within five miles of their house. Yeah. Um, so little things like this that again, I take for granted, we take for granted um, that just give people a chance mm-hmm. um, to be productive members of society in ways that you can't like having meals. Like we were talking about this at the church the other day. Um, Cause you know, right now in the liturgy, it's all about bread. We're talking yeah. about bread a lot and, and nourishing our bodies and Jesus is the bread of life and the, the, the bread of heaven, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so like, just the fact, like uh, we heard the story about um, a woman at the soup kitchen talking about how important her work was in terms of feeding people a wholesome, healthy, nourishing meal. Mm-hmm. And even though she's not providing services like, you know, helping people get housing or helping people get off drugs, she is providing something extremely important for folk. Mm-hmm. Because if we're not nourished, if we're eating junk food all day, which Poor people might only have access to chips and crappy food that's not nourishing your body in a way that um, helps our minds and, and bodies be, be functional and be able to, to go out and do things in the world, right? Like something as basic as that, that LeBron is, is providing these children that give them the opportunity then to go learn and be present and maybe not get in as many fights and be exhausted and and not have to go home and wondering where their next meal's coming from. I mean, it's, it's such a holistic care of the human Yes. that to me, it's, it's a massive gift from God mm-hmm. via LeBron and his, his gifts mm-hmm. that God's given him. He's using to help his community. I, I don't understand why this isn't happening more, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just, it's such an obvious thing to to help others. But again, we get this so in- individualistic. I can do it all by myself. Like it's not real. Yeah. That, that can't work all, every time. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely appreciate LeBron's intersectional approach to the whole human. Like you said, not just, it's not just about learning um, and education. It's about you know, being fed, being nourished, understanding that the family needs access to these resources. It's, 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 yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I like you can't see how anyone would have anything negative to say about it. It doesn't make sense, but I am hopeful that this is going to spark a movement um, with others, not, not just other athletes, but um, even inspire churches, you know, yeah. I, back to like, you know, back when, um, you know, before, so before um, desegregation happened and before um, black folks and white folks could commingle and, and um, 
intermix and things like that. The churches were absolutely these village centers, like what the I Promise School is. To be honest, they were schools. They were where the young people would learn how to read because they, guess what? Black folks couldn't go to schools. You know, it was where people would go to share their testimony about, you know, I don't have money for this. And the church would then give the money for that person to be able to live. And so I really think back to um, kind of Ubuntu, not only Ubuntu, um, the African principle, which means I am because we are, right. but Sankofa as well, which which means reaching back and pulling pulling up to move forward. I think that LeBron is absolutely um, exceptional, but I think he's very aware of the people's shoulders of whom he's standing upon. Mm. I think he's pulling from some very ancient wisdom yeah. and wisdom. I think he's paying homage to the ways that persons of color, indigenous folks, Latinx folks, whoever, whoever, whoever um, have had to learn how to survive in a place that has been extremely oppressive. And he's paying homage to that with this school, which is beautiful. It is, yeah. it is such the image of beloved community if I've never seen it before. Mm, there's the word right there, beloved community. This whole thing's made me think about um, just living in the structure of capitalism. And I mean, we've, we've kind of been talking around that, um, but just it, I've thought, you know, this kind of flips capitalism on its head, but in a way it's not because still we, we can't escape being in the, in the system of capitalism. We're still like getting, you know, the goal of capitalism obviously is, is growth and continual growth and, and creating productive citizens to get into the free market to be productive and thrive. Right. Um, so we're still in the system no matter what. Um, but things like this in the church and what beloved community community can do is give people a chance to participate in that. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, otherwise I guess, you could just have communities. Um, I think of like um, monasteries, like Catholic monasteries where they literally live in community, the nuns and priests and share each other's resources. Um, And that isn't a capitalistic um, setup. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, like I said, everything we're still, we can't escape being in it. Um, But I guess it could be similar to that. Um, sort of, you know what I'm saying? Just, but, um, but at this basic level, trying to break poverty and it, it makes me wonder like, can we in, in the system of capitalism break generational poverty? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and could this, like you said, be the start of something that could really help change or, or is it a kind of a false utopia? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I've a little bit of, um, if any negativity is swirling around for me, I wondered that, you know, like how, how much will it help? Yes. And I think, you know, lately this is, this seems tangential, but I promise I'll make it connect in just a second. <laughs> yeah. um, I've been thinking a lot about like Afrofuturism. So like, uh-huh. like here in Wakanda and like what that implies about right. where we're headed. And I think what most what I think about most as it relates to the I Promise School is that LeBron has made a statement about 
the type of change agent, change agent he identifies as or proclaims to be. He is very much working within the now, and this is what we've got. Right. I'm, going to, I'm going to subvert, you know, turn it on its head, and I'm going to I'm going to work with the now and what we've got, um, which is fine. Right. Um, for for someone like myself, who is I love Afrofuturism, and I love thinking about the, you know, it's it's the already not yet, right? It's right. the eschatology, it's the embreaking of the spirit, right? I'm thinking about well, what? Okay, so if LeBron is working in the already, he's working in this framework of capital capitalism that says that I will give money to the few and I will keep the many in poverty. If he's working against that, then what is the not yet that needs to be worked? What is that framework? And so like for me, yeah, I definitely could understand where you're coming from. Like, is this a utopia? Is this, you know, is this just working with what we've already already been giving and not given and not changing much of anything? Yeah. I think that that's, that's a fair assessment and it could possibly be true, but I think there's also, you know, the necessity for people to think about like where they are in this, in this moment, in this movement, in this arc of justice, if you want to call it, are you more looking towards the not yet that the thing that has not even been created or are you the person that's supposed to be working within the framework of the injustices that we see from day to day? Yeah. 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 I love that. And I think that's, I think mindsets and perspectives are so important like we said earlier, not mm-hmm. focusing on, well, these kids are going to be criminals, well, but no, these kids have an opportunity to make good decisions and be supported towards good decisions mm-hmm. um, in every way people that have privilege and have resources are as best to our ability as educators. Um, mm-hmm. And also his schools are going to have longer school days. So they're in school longer. They're around people who mm-hmm are positive, healthy mentors and their parents can, you know, be at work longer or just not have to worry about that gap between after school and having Mm -hmm. to pick them up. I think that's significant as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The other thing I was reading this morning is that it seemed like some people were concerned about who is going to end up paying for a lot of this stuff. The taxpayers. Yeah. The taxpayers. Um, and I'm like, good. Like, you know, <laughs> for me, I don't know, like in Oklahoma right now, we have one of the lowest, I think the, the bottom three, we are one of the states with the lowest funding for teachers and schools. And our teachers have been rioting all summer yeah. and, um, or not all summer, like the end of last school year. Um, and it's been a huge issue. And it's like, I know as a taxpayer and I know it, a lot of other community members, like I, w- I absolutely will invest in our, in our children and our futures and our teachers. And I'm happy to be taxed more for that. And why, I mean, that's part of not being like part of being a democracy mm-hmm. is that we vote on things like this and try to give resources to things that capitalism just can't take into account for. Right. Um, and that's, probably why we're not a complete and utter capitalist society. Otherwise we wouldn't have any empathy or compassion, right. And be humans. So there is, there is a a balance there that we do buffer with our democracy and capitalism. Um, But I mean, what are you going to do if you don't tax people 
for education, which says to me that society does value education. Mm -hmm. We all decide we want that to be a part of what it means to be a human is everyone must be educated, right? I think that's part of what giving taxes says. We do Mm -hmm. value this. Um, And LeBron's foundation is obviously going to fit all the extra things um, that he wants to tack on to this experience at his particular school. Great. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how that's any different from any other school. It is a public school. Um, so that doesn't right away concern me. Um, but yeah, any, any other thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I think as it pertains to the taxpayers thing, cause I did see something about that earlier that I just kind of glossed over cause I, I don't want to think anything negatively about this wonderful thing that he's done. But yeah, I saw that and was, you know, you know, we got to always take things back to theology, you know how we do. But I, you know, I was just like, this is continually a question of who is neighbor and who deserves bread. You know what I mean? And if you say that, Mm -hmm. like, if you think about the Syrophoenician woman who had to call Jesus's hand, call him to the table, basically when, when she's begging, um, him to heal her daughter and he basically calls her you know a derogatory name based off the custom of the day you know and calls her a dog and you know basically it's like you know um the dogs don't deserve any food from the master's table and then she says what she says about you know but even the dogs deserve the breadcrumbs right Uh, and, and you know and jesus is even captured by this woman's faithfulness to 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 take what is meant to wound and and do the work for her um, to get what she needed. I, I think that this taxpayer, um, you know, this taxpayer question about who's going to afford this and things like that, it comes back down to just who's neighbor and who, who deserves, who deserves bread. And yeah. for some people, it is easier to figure out who is neighbor. And for other people, it's, it's nah, I'm not worried about my neighbor. Um, but I think for people of faith in this moment, in this hour, we have some, some moral and um, spiritual gut checks that we got to do. Cause I mean, if you are, if you are proclaiming to be a person of faith Mm -hmm. in this day and age and you have a problem as a taxpayer with what LeBron is doing, well then I want to know, I want to know what God you've been talking about this whole time. It's not the same one that I serve. It's just not because, because you know, my Bible says it reads and talks about feeding, feeding the hungry. And, um, you know, when I was in prison, you came and visited me and that we are to welcome in the stranger, the widow and the foreigner. So I, I don't know what, what God these people could be talking about. It's not the same one that I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to preach, you know, but you know. <laughs> girl, you have to, though. You got Rev. You got Rev in front of your name now. So I kind of halfway <laughs> expect it and I want it. <laughs> OK, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I, I think yeah. I'm, I have no problems with paying the taxes. I have no problems with what LeBron is trying to do coming from a private school, you know, being at Vanderbilt, which is a private school, teaching at a private school and seeing the ways that they yeah. Don't have to worry about certain things. It's beautiful. It's beautiful oh, to, see yeah. to see the endowments that, that certain schools have. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I, I, I'm hopeful that we can get to that place where that won't just be private schools. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. To me, like, as Christians, we have a moral obligation to one another. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I don't care if I don't know you or if you've done something that socially says you don't deserve something. Education is a human right. Mm-hmm. Um, so is eating food, being fed. Um, for me as a Christian, I, I believe that. And I mm-hmm. see it. W- what LeBron is doing is uh, bringing God's kingdom on earth. Absolutely. And um, I just, I wanted to highlight that for the week and lift up LeBron and what he's doing and um, hope, like you said, this cascades into more people with, with gifts and means like LeBron to, to go in and lift up these communities that need, need help the most because mm-hmm. government programs and things, it's not enough. No. Um, and I just, you know, some people are called to be prophets and in one way or another. Right. So I think I'm, I don't mind calling LeBron a prophet of sorts in this. I think he's doing something exceptionally fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. So he's moved from King, King LeBron to prophet LeBron. I love it. I love it. We'll have to let him know. We'll tweet at him. Say, Hey, yes, yes, please do. We're giving you a new title. Mm-hmm. You got a new title. You've been anointed. Yes, you've been anointed. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time, Chantel. No problem. I'm happy. Bomb. To be here. 